You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumer. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumer. Uh, listen, I've got to make an announcement right at the beginning here uh, to all of our listeners and all the ships at sea. Over the last couple of days, my sister, Mary Jo, <laughs> my sibling talk partner, when no one else was out there with conviction, people were saying, gee, I hope the Democrats might do well. Mary Jo showed no fear. She said, the Democrats, both Democrats, are going to win Georgia. So I think when people are looking for accurate punditry and predictions, they should look right here. Don't you think so? Exactly. Go no further than sibling talk. (laughs) Okay, serious question. What made you think so? It was the... um the get out the vote effort. And as they uh, reported on the number of people, early voters, and what areas they were coming from, that they were primarily Democrats and were coming from Atlanta, the suburbs of Atlanta, I thought to myself, it's very hard to make that up on an election day with a demoralized electorate. So you would think that the Republicans would be like, you know, mad about Trump losing and we got to get out there and we got to protect the Senate. But Trump had done really a masterful job of just demoralizing the non-hardcore Trump people. The other thing is, is I've always believed that Trump is unique to himself, right? Sui generis. Isn't that the Latin uh, right. expression yeah. and yep. um, that without him on the ballot, there were not pe- there were people that were not going to go out and vote. And he needed those people because I think <clears throat> when the analysis is done, part of it will be um, that those counties in Georgia that were strong Trump counties were down on turnout just enough to allow the increase in turnout for the Democrats to have made the difference. Because we're not talking about huge... Sw- I mean, actually, Warnock won... Is, what's he up by now? Like 40,000 votes or something 40, 000, like that? 40,000, roughly, yeah. Uh, th- which is not... When you consider the millions of votes, even though that's a substantial win, it's bigger than Joe Biden's win, it's going to be much bigger than John Ossoff's win, it's not that many people. More people than that go to the University of Georgia football games. Exactly. So, you know, the swings are are not huge swings. And even though it looks now like Ossoff is going to win, he'll probably only win by <clears throat> 20,000 at most yeah. votes, yes. more than Biden won by, but still not a whole lot. I mean, one of the questions that, keep, that kept um, bouncing around is why it was why did Warnock do better than Ossoff? And do you have any opinions about that? Um, not my own. I got to give credit where credit is due. I think a lot of pundits uh, have seen this. And it is that Kelly Leffler was perceived as being an outsider. She's actually from Illinois. 
uh, there. And she moved down to Georgia, whereas David Perdue is old-time Georgia. And I think there is some quality of that. And Warnock is, uh, frankly, you know, old-time in, in the South. So I, I find it puzzling that somebody could possibly find a, a way to split their votes. I, I'm going to throw one more thing into it. I don't know this, and it's a guess. I wonder if it wasn't anti-Semitism. That oh, that's interesting because Asaf, just so everybody knows, he is the child of Jewish immigrants. Were they Russian, or do you know? I think so, I mean, but I'm not given sure. His, given his age, that would have been, you know, if you remember back in the early '80s, uh, mid '80s, it was a huge number of Russian immigrants who were leaving Russia because of really kind of modern day pogroms. And I I don't know that either, actually, but it's what I thought when I heard that he was, because he's, he's relatively young, right? Isn't he? Yes. Yeah, he is. And let me tell you a a reason. (coughs) I'm not totally just on my own opinion, but a little bit of a reason why I think it's there. This was earlier in the campaign. Uh, before the you know the preliminary round, the Purdue campaign, not David Purdue personally, I'm not saying that, but the Purdue campaign ran an ad against Asaf, and they intentionally altered the ad to make his nose look big, bigger, and to accent essentially his uh, uh, his Jewishness. So I think from the point of view of the Purdue campaign, that was a vulnerable spot. And, uh, you know, I'm going to show my bias here, but if you go out to some of the very rural uh, rural areas I, of Georgia, I don't think they're going to say, well, I'm not going to vote for a Jewish guy, but I think the perception would be city, pointy-headed, you know, all that stuff that kind of goes together with uh, uh, with John also. That's my th- my guess. Yeah, I mean, that's a, I hadn't heard that, but it, it's not totally surprising to me. And I did wonder whether um, part of Warnock's better showing is that people went in, voted for him, and did not vote in the second race. In other words, yeah, just possible. didn't care. Because I did think, well, Purdue is Georgia royalty for all intents and mm-hmm. purposes. And <clears throat> so you can imagine a low information voter maybe go knowing who Warnock is, voting for Warnock and then voting for Purdue because they at least recognize the name. Or they just say, you know, particularly if you're an African-American voter and you're like, this is what I'm all about and this is why I'm voting, going in, voting for Warnock and only voting. Because I one thing I wished I had seen last night and they would have shown us was what the ballot looked like. Because yep. there's only those two races on the ballot. And, you know, I'm such a visual person. I thought, oh, I would just love to have seen how, I mean, was it Warnock, Leffler first? Was it Purdue, Ossoff first? Yeah. Who, you know, but who knows? It's a, it's a random geeky thing to care about. But sometimes that can make a difference, too, in terms of, you know, who you vote for, why you vote for one and not another. So, but I didn't look yeah. at the numbers carefully enough to know whether Warnock got not just a higher percentage, but more votes. Were more votes cast in that race than in the other race? I don't know yeah. that. I don't know, mm-hmm. and it's worth a look. I mean, one of the things I think we have to mention, 
There is still, certainly the state of Georgia is changing. There are things going on by very little margins. It is still basically Republican uh, territory. And these two candidates, Purdue and Leffler, were pretty badly flawed candidates. They both had the stink of corruption uh, around them. And I, I think stronger candidates might have been uh, able to, uh, to win this and win it pretty convincingly. Does Donald Trump hurt all of this? Yeah, I think he does. He, that makes a difference. Probably the biggest difference in my mind, and you kind of referred to this right at the beginning, along with the stink on Leffler and, and Purdue, is uh, the woman that everybody should be talking about for Nobel Prize for something, and that's Stacey Abrams. This was a vote about uh, uh, an election about turnout and getting those voters out there, and no one is more responsible for that than Stacey Abrams. It's so true, and you know, and it's not just like this has been going on for you know a month or a year or even four years. This is a long-term project for her and her group. And it's something that should be making the Republicans nervous. You know, we've talked before whether about whether demographics are destiny. So one of the things I was thinking as I watched it late into the night, because I'm an idiot, is we have very low turnout on average for a developed democracy. And if we analyze who doesn't turn out, we know the usual suspects, young people, minorities, and, um, you know, the poorer you are, the less likely you are to vote, even though you have more interest to vote in many ways. So that's, in a way, the magic of Stacey Abrams, which is, I think, after listening to her talk, she saw all these voters sitting on the sidelines, voters who, who have a strong interest in getting out and picking their leadership. And she has spent years and years talking to them. And that same kind of contingent exists across the country, definitely across the South. But this is why people, I think many Republicans are nervous about Texas, because you get everybody in Texas out to vote. I mean, the Latino vote is a whole other conversation, but um, you flip the whole country. And I think that, um, that Georgia is the bellwether. Well, I think it is. And I'll tell you something else that it could be the bellwether on and that I'm really going to be watching close. This all kind of winds up today. John Ossoff is also declared the victor along with Reverend uh, uh, Warnock. If we begin to hear Republicans, Kelly Leffler, Purdue, the rest of the Republicans, start screaming fraud, the election was rigged, uh, you know, the whole thing, then we will know that that's not just narcissistic Donald Trump talk. That's the new Republican approach. If you don't win, scream fraud. And it wouldn't surprise me if that happens. Sure, because what they've been doing for the last 20 years, really, since, you know, I guess Trump bought or whatever, is trying to suppress the vote. When that stopped working, and it did work for a while, 
then um, this could be the new game. Instead of a different way to play the game would be to put forth good candidates that people want to vote for. You know, understand what, you know, democracy is about, you know, the people picking what's best for them and trusting the people to do that and building a party, a philosophy and candidates to meet the needs of the people. Crazy idea, but that might be something they could do instead of trying to undermine the system. Well, I, you know, and I've thought that too. Uh, and I've thought within Republican philosophy, if you take the philosophy to include things uh, like the importance of character, the importance of individual uh, work, the importance in creating an economy uh, that gives enough money for everything, there's room within that philosophy. Uh, it, it, you know, it's kind of the Tim Scott uh, kind of part of it to say, no strong free enterprise will help the minority communities. There's room for that. But that's not the Republican Party. The Republican Party today is the party of white supremacy. I know you managed to include a couple of people of color, so it doesn't look quite, quite so bad. But boil it all down, and they are fundamentally flawed because they are they are appealing to, they are getting their strength from what we call the Trump voters, but what that really is, is the white supremacist party. And yeah. so yeah, there's an inner way, logic that just falls apart. Exactly. I mean, another way to say that is the preservation of white privilege. So if I'm, you know, some, uh, you know, diehard Republican living in Ohio, I don't see myself as a white supremacist because that, you know, that feels very charged. But I do think to myself, if we let all these people in, we let all these immigrants, if all these black folks start voting, if everybody's a place at the table, then what about me? Then I no longer have the privilege of my whiteness. Even if you don't say it that way to yourself, in a sense, you're thinking that. It's like I told you about a friend who said to me one time, it's really hard for white men to get into medical school. Now, and I was like, whoa, wah, wah, ooh, now you know how the rest of us felt. <laughs> yeah. You know, because yeah. so that's what I mean by that, that <clears throat> they don't believe that the pie is big enough for everyone. And that is a fundamental philosophical difference, which we think the pie is big enough and the bigger you make it, the better off we all are. That we build a kind of capitalism that serves the interests of everybody and gives everybody opportunities. So that is the moment we're at, John, is the way that we see the world, meaning Democrats. And I don't mean really very, very leftist Democrats, because that's not going to be who's winning the day in the next at least two years because the margins are so small in Congress. But, you know, is that philosophy um, going to be able to create, to, to repair us, to heal us, and to create change? Well, I guess we're going to find out. Congratulations to, ladies and gentlemen, the pundit of the year, Mary Jo <laughs> Tumer. Okay, and, and everybody else, to TV on at noon. So we watched um, a sedition 
you know, how, what would be a way to call that? Well, it's got it's called uh, the Triple S, Seditious Shit Show. <laughs> Absolutely, can't wait to see it. <laughs> Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.